Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to our Facebook group, HyperClean Specialists. Interact there or reach out direct, 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub. And before we get started, thanks for everybody that's hopping in. Uh, I am uh, diving into little craft brewery that we went to just a little bit ago just grab a couple beers and they have a new hazy ipa and i said well why don't you grabbed a couple to go and here we are it's a wonderful beer and uh listen i want to i want to comment on where we kind of ended up on our last episode on monday with me and nick where we talked about quote-unquote wartime what does that mean well, for those of you that have invested into the American dream, because let's be real, well, we don't really have the fear of actual war that many in other parts of the world do face. I have no idea what that pain and agony is like. I am a blessed individual that was born and raised in the United States. I'm covered by borders and water. I have a lot of peace of knowing that I myself will never have to go into battle. It is a privilege as Americans, most of us get to enjoy. And at times like this, when others are not getting to enjoy it, our hearts and minds go out to them. What does happen here in the United States is what most people come to the United States for opportunity, chance, the wealthiest country, some would say, in the world. The greatest opportunities that you could ever find in life might be generated here in the United States of America. So while war might not be shooting, war might be the past five years of our life that we invested into and believed in somebody was telling us something that we should do Suddenly, we find ourselves with high gas prices, high food prices, people bailing on their appointments. My appointment book is virtually empty. I'm not getting phone calls. People don't want to spend $4,000. I can't do multi-stage corrections. And I sure as hell can't put a fucking boat coating on a car and then top it with something else and charge $3,000 for it. It just doesn't work anymore. That might have worked during the very prosperous times, but when it comes down to the very tough times in life, when the economy gets tight and you as a business owner have put all your hopes and dreams into moments of each day that you get to make a sale, you hope that that sale continues on. You hope that whatever vein that you plugged into that has people calling your phone will continue but what happens when that vein dries up? I applaud every single human being that steps out and does it part-time when they quit their job and they go and clean cars, when they do it on the weekends, when they could be sitting at home. I applaud every individual that reaches out and says, I am doing everything I can. I applaud every human being that wants to get into a van or a truck or a car and go drive around to clean somebody else's car 
because they feel that that value of their payment is going to better their life. So, of course, it's war. Of course, it's war for them. Some in the industry might not understand that because they can't keep a job working for somebody else. Some in the industry might not be able to stand because they are simply just a brand rep talking about other people's products. They might not fully understand it because, well, they're not out in it. I applaud the word and I love, <laughs> I love where Billy comes from in trenches, right? I mean, it, there is some truth behind that, right? Like the people that are willing to sacrifice to get started, willing to take their time out of the normal day so that they can go do something else, right? Like, I get it. It's wonderful that people want to and have securities inside of their jobs. And then to be able to have the ability to go out and clean a car at night, to go out and do it on the weekend. I love that. I applaud it. And that's why I say wartime. Right? I mean, you could have been listening to people all these years, and now you find yourself in a situation where you go, shit. Well, I feel for you. I really do. I've been in situations where I go, shit. I've also been in situations where I go, shit. All right? I got to go a new direction. I got to go quick. I got to make changes. I got to go, 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 go. So what is wartime like? I think that question was kind of asked last week. You know what? What would I do? And I offered those suggestions. But there's one thing I do know. No doubt. Zero doubts about it. You make decisions and you go, 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 go. As Nick has said, and he'll probably be vocal about it as we continue through the early steps of what I predicted years and years ago would happen, which Nick came on last year and began to tell people about. What does slow times actually do to the industry? What does slow times do to your business? Well, you definitely don't want to shrink back, right? You got to be calculated. You got to make decisions, but it becomes a war times decision. It becomes chess. It becomes chess. I mean, you make some wrong decisions. You're gone very quickly. Gone. What you tried to do over the past four to five years could be gone extremely fast. You make wrong decisions. So you make the correct decisions, you continue to move forward, you continue to put your head down, you continue to work and continue to grow. You keep your finances secure and you keep everything tight. Listen, you're going to be okay. But for many people, it does become war. I get it. Once again, that you might not understand this because you can't keep a job. But for those of us that put our day and day in and day out lives on the line for our dreams, because the dream in America is definitely different than the dream in other parts of the country, 100%. But our dream is our dream. It's who we are. And we sacrifice to go for it every single day. Hey, welcome to the community pub. Uh, I just had to get that off my chest right after I enjoyed this great beer. So, guys, welcome in. Uh, thank you for joining us, Derek. I'm telling you, this is one of the best hazy IPAs I've had. It's, it's pretty incredible. It looks very good. Right? The color, the golden? Color is nice. Yeah. It's like one of my buddy's brewery does that. Look at like the regular unmarked cans, and those are usually the good ones. Uh yeah. So this was, yeah, they they uh they canned it straight from the 
the keg, and uh, it is it is delicious. It is. What are you drinking on tonight? I am drinking a Victory uh, Dirt Wolf uh, Double IPA. It's got like the. It's pretty good. Um, it's a little hoppier. There's. It's not really like more of a hazy. It's a little more of a clear, but um. It's good though. It's uh, you, the problem is it's like eight. It's a uh, eight percenter, and it's to me at least. I'm, maybe I'm just used to the hops now. I just, it's just I can drink them and drink them and drink them, and it's like I gotta slow down. So don't chug them, but they're very good. Drink. And I already three of them. So there's breweries so. It's the Cape Brewery that I've been to. Then they have a ten percent, and I was like, no, I'm I'm good. I, I've done it. Like no, it's it's a triple IPA, and I was like, no, no, this this is fine. I think this is like a six five somewhere around there. So oh, that's good. It's got some alcohol. It's got some alcohol. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Arnold, uh, pleasure to meet you, brother. Thanks for hopping into the community pub, man. Introduce yourself. All right, my name is Arnold. I'm the owner of Elite Auto Detailing and also Glossy Rides Details of Life. Yeah, love it. Yeah, Derek. Pretty cool, right? So he's yeah. he's stepped out, starting his journey into uh, distribution, created a new company, and uh, going to go hunt a new leg of his business. So congratulations, Arnold. Thank you. Yeah, man. So uh, you're up in the Northeast, not too far from Derek. I'm in Massachusetts. Yeah. Derek, how far? Uh, a couple hours, but yeah, he's... Yeah. He's enjoying all this beautiful weather we got today. So I know what he's talking about. Oh man, it was 75 degrees here. That's what we had to we went and grabbed a couple beers. And I just was like, listen, we got 30 minutes to go sit on a patio and have a beer. Like, let's do it. Like had to. <laughs> I saw like had pictures. To. Arnold, so what's your thoughts uh moving into, you know, it's springs here, weather's starting to break. We should start seeing a good influx of uh customers into the industry people want to get their cars clean but there's also all the issues that are going on right these customers also have higher prices of what they're paying for everything else in their life what where do you see the industry what's it look like uh, in your neck of the woods so my opinion is first off we're not going to see two three four thousand dollar coatings much longer because let's just all call that spade a spade people are going to start pinching pennies here they're not going to want to spend that kind of money there. It's just going to, we're going to be more of a luxury in a niche than we are anything else. And I think detailers need to adapt to that. They need to, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. And a lot of detailers, I even see it. They can't even afford to buy supplies right now because they never planned anything. And now they're struggling. You know, if you plan properly, you can make it through these tough times. You know, we don't whack people over the head. My thing has always been give them great value, people over profits. Because the relationships you build are going to be more profitable than anything because you take care of one customer, give them a great value. They're going to tell everybody. Or as I like to call it, we call it the neighborhood theory. You make their car look so good, the neighbor's husband's getting troubled by the wives because why doesn't our car look like that? So now he's got to go over and ask him who did it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that, you know, it's true. It is a war. It's a chess match. Businesses are always trying to think three steps ahead. You can't, 
you know, you can't just sit and say, well, I did 150,000 last year. I should have an easy year. Okay, you did 150, but what are you going to do to sustain that? What are you going to do? You don't want to go from 150 to 80,000 in a year because you didn't plan. Very true. I also think diversifying. That's why we did, I decided to do distribution and open up a supply store because you don't want to put all your eggs in that one basket. Because what if it does happen that we're all slow all of a sudden? You need to have other things going on. You can't just sit there and wait for just one thing to catch back up. Good points. Good points, man. Hi, Ben. What are your thoughts, brother? Uh, what's everything like in your neck of the woods? How are you preparing? Oh, gas is expensive still here. Actually, it's kind of plateaued, so that's nice. Um, for me, I am getting back into interior detailing again so that uh, hopefully while the getting's good still, I can uh, try and get save a little bit of money for a nest egg. And then um, as well, since I deal mostly with commercial fleets, I want to try and get into uh, fixing flats or like flat repair and stuff like that on tires. Because oh, wow. as long as the vehicles move, that's always a possibility of happening. And then, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, ben, and fleet work is a windshield chip repair thing? Um, I don't notice so much chips. It would be full windshields more so that I see replaced more than uh, chips being filled. But that is a good option, yeah. Well, it's just a thought. I, I yeah. agree. It's probably, I bet you with those type of windshields, it's probably a full replacement, which we as detailers don't don't really want to get into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? Um, if it does end up being slower as well, I also, like before detailing, I had a mechanical background. And then so... Uh, work hand in hand as a mobile detailer and a mobile mechanic. So if people's cars need to be fixed, if they're rolling, then uh, that's something else I can do to try and uh, keep an income coming in. If uh, it gets real tough. Cool, man. Appreciate that. Looks like uh, Mr. Wesley Oaks has joined us tonight straight from the Nissan uh, group. Appreciate that, brother. What are you coating over there? looks like uh, a couple rims. Set of wheels. Set of uh, Volt TE37s for uh, Nismo Z, identical to mine. Ooh. Same color? Yep, same everything, just a lot more miles than mine. So, yeah, just a buddy of mine ordered these. You know, they're almost four grand, so it's a good idea to spend a couple hundred bucks and have them coated. So, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's Smart idea, huh? Yeah. Yep. Nice Didn't couch think. work too. Exactly. Yeah. I used to love my couch work was uh well cyclos were a big tool when I kind of got into distribution myself and I was teaching people how to get out of uh using a rotary polisher by using a cyclo polisher. And so as yeah. I started putting more and more cyclos out in the market, well, cyclos, their gears just only last so long. And we just started having continual gear problems. And so uh -huh. my, my couch work became like my Sunday afternoon work where I'd smoke a cigar and sit on the back patio 
And my couch work was repairing cyclos. And that's, that was just one extra thing I could do for people. And you just pop some screws. You learn how to take them apart. You order the parts and you put back in the gears and grease them back up and good to go because cyclo at that time had like two or three weeks of waiting period, which I'm not sure if the new company at the bottom has that much better of a time repairing tools either, but <laughs> I just, uh, I couldn't wait any longer and started fixing tools myself. Like I, I love couch work. It's fun. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I remember you doing your, um, coding labeling yeah, models used to do on that the couch. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. yeah. It was, I'd get home from everything else. And it was like, all right, time to, to fill and, and label bottles. You're right. I, I've worked from yeah. the couch doing multiple things over the years. Yeah. Somebody that works on the couch all the time is Mr. John from Ryan. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, hi, John. <laughs> I said, John's out there. Yeah, John's usually out hustling, man. Hustling. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I did all my hustling. Uh, uh, I told you, I, I, we sized uh, certain business stuff down. So everything I'd be doing in a 12 hour day, we hustled into a six hour day. Wow, so uh, start out early and, and really just put the focus in and put the uh, audio book in or the podcast. And just start grinding, man. Um, I'm trying to be ahead. I, I'm glad you said that, John. I, it was something that's been on my mind to talk about, right? Like as, as sort of like little nuggets in a sense of what we think that we could be doing throughout our day. Let's let's say even at night at seven, seven late in the evening for some, nine, ten for others, depending on what part of the, uh, the state you are. You might be up listening to this. You might be up working on some wheels. You might be up doing something like what can we do to to take the moments of seriousness of where we're at in reality and, and use every moment that we have to further ourselves. Cause there's no doubt that the best way to get through everything is with a positive attitude. The best way to have a positive attitude is to have the most information you can have most information you can is throughout the day, fill your mind with the most positive information that you can, whether that's podcast, like you said, listening to our podcast, there's no doubt that, more and more people are reaching out and saying how much they've learned and love what they've gotten throughout their day from listening, but maybe it's audiobooks. You know, I've spent many years just listening to audiobooks so that I can further my mind. I, I was talking, Nick joined us, man. Thanks for hopping on Nick. Did I not say the other, you know, we were talking about what things that we think detailers would need to, as we did with Corona. Remember we said, yeah. Hey, coming out of Corona, this is where we think that detailers need to progress. Coming through this, there's no doubt that people are going to need to learn sales, learn how to, you know, maybe step out of their box a little bit, go, go actually talk to somebody and reach out yeah. and actually go through a sales call. So maybe somebody's book might need to be on how to make a sales call, right? Like, I don't, yeah. What, yeah. what do you, what do you think that people should maybe do in their spare time? Um, you know what I do? I'm, I'm, I've been a podcast guy for a long time. Uh, I think I listened to my first podcast, like eight, nine, 10 in that area. Um, I just have always, when I, when I was polishing, especially a lot, I just wanted something that was just kind of, sometimes music gets, it gets old quick. You know, you're just kind of sitting there for hours and hours and hours. And it's like, it doesn't matter how many times you change it. You know, it's just like, you just kind of don't want all that in your ears. Prince all the time. only so, has so many songs you can listen to. I get it. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Only so many Jessica Simpson songs that you could download back in the day. So uh yeah I, I i think podcasting now is at a place but here's what happens guys do what a lot of us do they probably end up on a sports podcast or they end up you know something that's just entertainment rather than something that can be informative 
you know, you've kind of seen that with Joe Rogan, right? Like, if you really get through some of those three-hour episodes, man, it's pretty tough to get through. I mean, if you're actually listening, you know what I mean? So are guys going to put in that kind of work and really listen on subjects? Hey, that's everybody each their own, right? Like, but I, that's what I do. Like, if I'm, if I'm polishing now or filming, you know, putting film on a car or whatever, I like uh, podcasts more than I like audiobooks. Audiobooks aren't are a great tool, but I I struggle with audiobooks a little bit with my just how I consume content. That's a little tough on me, but there's a lot of guys that love them. So I, I think you just got to find which avenue. But again, don't listen to podcasts that's just like, you know, you can have your fun podcast that you listen to, but put some work in there from time to time. I think it'd be helpful. Well, I mean, especially if somebody's going to start trying to go out and make sales calls, right? Like yeah. the more information they can put into their mind that's positive around sales, right? Versus just listening to the radio or just listening to music. You're absolutely right. As we get older, there's no doubt that time becomes a reality that is different than what we were in our mid 20s to late 20s. And each day becomes more special in that, hey, how do I maximize everything I do in this day, whether that's, you know, life, whether that's business, whether it's mental, mental space coming through is becoming one of the big topics nowadays in different industries, right? The mental space of where we are, how do we come into this moment and mentally prepare and mentally be ready? I know one thing I'm ready for is to see what's going on with cooking with Nick. Looks like he's back there busy making up something, man. What, what do you got cooking? I'm make some sort of salmon tacos, man. Mm. Okay. Some sort of, you love tacos, don't you? It's if I can find Dude, something to throw it in, it's going to be the taco. It's so easy. Like I know I'm, I'm beating the taco to death at this point, but like it's well worth it. It's so easy and so good. Hey, there's a million and a half different ways to go about it. So I'm, I'm going to try and make some type of like, mojo taco out of these like mojo salmon like i got pineapple bits i got lemon i got avocado lemon more lemon and then some more lemon so like we'll see i don't know i'm gonna make some kind of some kind of pan sauce at the end and throw it on there too throw some shit together and make it happen exactly is your salmon skin on or skin off mm. skin off okay good whoa you said good my favorite part of salmon is that like, all, yes and you got it you got to sear that skin and get it crispy have a hot pan and then still that real pink on the inside of the salmon you let that yep. skin take all the heat uh yeah, yeah. Mm. if i'm eating like salmon like as the main thing like not in anything skin on for sure but ah, there you go a little Nashville hot seasoning on it too. Ooh, good idea. I'll do that some other point. I'll write that down. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Derek, you you talked about uh, something that you think that we should talk about. Maybe how we we think that we should upsell and how we think we should go into moving into the future and how we progress forward. And I, I think it's a great idea. You know, it's it's not something Nick and I talk about as far as we don't always want to harp on something and constantly beat something over and over, but it is an idea to go ahead and toss out. If, if you have a, an idea, you know, real quickly on how you think that uh, 
upselling and selling to somebody would be beneficial or how you do it? Well, the one thing I think of when you guys did that last episode, and it hit me like real, it just, when I was trying to go over, like you guys were talking about going over like your products, like how much you spend it on, on different, you know, you're going to the detail shop, you're spending $20 on a gallon or something. And it was one of those things where I was sitting down, this is like a couple of years ago. And I was just like, well, how can I save money and be more efficient with all my product usage? So that's when I'm, like you said, that's when I started using your guys' stuff, all the hyper-concentrated stuff. So um, I, I stopped getting on these bandwagons and buying all these like really expensive chemicals that were costing like, you know, $20, $30 for a gallon or or even more um, because you saw someone on Instagram using them or Facebook using them or you're getting these Facebook groups and people are using them. So I started switching over everything to really looking at like how much am I actually spending on my chemicals? Well, how about I just not buy anything right now and like use up what I have? which, you know, I thought was like a pretty easy thing for people to understand until I started getting messages from guys telling me like, why aren't you using, you know, brand? like everyone else is using it. And I'm just like, man, I'm stuff I have. Um, and then as far as like, you, I was talking to you guys about like upselling, um, you know, I, I've lately been throwing a lot of glass coatings on cars, like, like that third, was it a $35 bottle of, of hyperclean glass? Like, I've made so much money just off that one bottle. Like, especially if you're doing all prep work with most of my customers, like that one, that black alley I did, the guy only. Derek, I got to pause you for a second. I made everything. I'm trying to pause you. I'm hitting mute. Uh, (laughs) You're really breaking up. So, let me let me say what I think you're saying, which is great, man. That's great advice. Using a glass coating, hyperclean glass, upselling. You really, that's a great advice. You know, that is something that could be low expense to the installer as well as high profit, but low expense to the customer, right? I mean, you could sell that for 25, 50, 75. I mean, once again, we don't ever like to dictate what somebody wants to, create for their value, create your value however you want to, but your cost on that's going to be very minimal to install and you create that value proposition for your customer takes you 10 minutes. Great advice, Derek. Hyperclean glass would be a great thing to do. All right. So let's move on to a different topic. And, and I'm curious, this is as it's a launch week for us as we're launching out a new product, Hyperclean Revive uh express interior this is uh well we nick is this has been his kind of one of his babies that he began to to build and constantly kept refining it refining it refining it and and once it passed his gauntlet of test and all the cars that they put it on i was i was finally able to get some and wow it it is different it let's just talk about the difference of using an express interior detailer versus an apc I was always nervous and scared. It didn't matter. This this is going to be sort of my question coming out to it. When you go into interiors, right, or just detailing in general, what's your biggest fear in doing the actual detail work? No matter what car I was doing, my biggest fear was always the interiors. I prided myself on the exterior. I loved when the customer would walk out and go, wow, it looks better than the day I got it. 
right? I mean, this is this is back when we used glazes. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Real sweet with some glaze. <laughs> you can do some real <laughs> sweet work with some glazes. My fear on the interiors was always how the different types of material, substrates, whatever you want to call it, would react to my general purpose cleaner. Because that's what we had. We just had a general purpose cleaner and you didn't ever know how long you could leave it on, what ways you could wipe it, all the different, you, you always had to worry. The beautiful part about this product and which is <laughs> no doubt the main reason why I, I know that we put our stamp on and why we wanted to develop this and bring it to the market was the safety aspect of it. I mean, the, the, the detailing side of it becomes extremely easy because the product does all the work and it's, it's designed in a way that it's safe on a modern vehicle. The scared aspect that I have going on today's modern vehicle is I just look at everything and go, Oh God, like I got to do this, this, I got to have this, I got to have that. No, now you just need one product and it does everything for you. If any of you have sprayed a general purpose cleaner, and put it onto that plexiglass that's on the odometers from back in the day, you'll mm. understand the nervousness Ains of working it. on an interior, right? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Hi, I'm telling you, there's there's been times where I was working with polish, trying to polish those back out because I had a guy that sprayed down straight, was fine on all the other parts of the vehicle, but it came to that plexiglass type material or whatever they used and Oh fuck. Like that was, we, we had, we had some issues, you know, we had you, knew, tape. you knew the customer was going to notice it right away. Oh, there was no doubt. There was some that the customer noticed and it, I didn't see it when it got sent out and, and it came back with a very irate customer. So you bet like it, it's just been a thing like that. You can do some damage to interiors, which is, it, it, it does happen. You know, let's, let's jump over to Arnold, man. What, what have you experienced on interiors? You, you, is that something that you pride yourself in or is it more cautious and scared? You don't really know what to do. I think before, cause I'm an exterior guy. I started that's by why doing I asked both. you. I know that's <laughs> why I asked. I mean, I started with both. So for me, the exterior has always been the pride and joy. Cause what's the first thing you see? Nobody sees the inside of your car first, but as I've grown more accustomed to them, I actually started enjoying the interiors more. Because um, once you get really good at the exterior, it's all the same after a while. I'm just in a gloss fanatic. I want everything to be so damn glossy. You can shave in it from 20 feet away. That's just the obsession I have. You know, when I used to do dark colored boats, my obsession was I wanted that boat to be seen from the other town over. <laughs> you know, but interior, I find I'm taking more pride in it because, like I did one today that had mildew in it. It was a Mazda, you know, and it came out entirely different. He was excited because it looked like the day they bought it. So, I mean, it's, I'm looking forward to this new product because I think we do have too many products for interior and people don't know what to use anymore. Most guys don't. Let's be honest. They're going to chemical guys, and I'm going to name it right now. Chemical guys is a big culprit with their 30 different products for the interior that are all just relabeled and they're all the same. Yeah, I mean, that's you. You know, we're not big on 
calling people out, but I get it. I understand your side. There's there's plenty of other brands that have. Uh, that I'm too, not right? afraid to call them out. I'll say I, it right now. Look, Camel says I. If you're, and this is my rule. If you are using a product that I can go buy at Walmart on my car and I'm paying you for it, why don't I just do it myself? Yeah. I mean, you can buy and chemical guys everywhere. So that's not for a professional us, product. So for us back in the day, that was McGuire's. And yeah. I know there was a professional line that came out later and or whenever, I'm not sure, but in Oklahoma, all we knew was the general line of McGuire's that you could go buy at the store. And I people ask me, not not, you know, I know detailers say this. People ask me like four people in five years asked me, right? Like, but some people asked me, you know, what I used. And if I ever use McGuire's, it was like, no, I could get that down at the store. Why would I use it on your car? Yeah. I don't I mean, it was, it was only a handful, right? It, it wasn't very many. Yeah. But, I, but I I'm with I you. That. I don't believe that we should charge a premium. If I'm using a product, you can go buy your damn self. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. But it change the fact that, you know, if they say it's a, a, a coating and it's a $20 bottle, you can't change the fact they're just, they just, in my eyes, they just, they're just better salespeople. They just so, sold yeah. it better. Um, I understand both you guys' side, but now I made a point to say McGuire's because Nick was a big McGuire's user, right? <laughs> there, many people back in the day were big McGuire's users. That's why I prefaced mine with, in Oklahoma, we didn't have all the other stuff. So, Nick, what was yeah. the pro version side? Like, there was something that well, was you, different. You got to realize that Meguiar's was in the, the plants of GM, Ford. They were being used right off the line. That's yeah, how the compounds and everything. Yep. Barry Meguiar, if I'm not mistaken, I think his first job is, is he was a rep for the actual factories in Detroit. That's that's what he did. Um, so their start was pro. Barry's the one that went to his family and said, "Hey, we're missing out on the car guy." So it was, it's it's the opposite of what everybody, you know, thinks happened. They were completely pro forever, um, and that's why McGuire's actually grew to what they are because Barry worked his 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 business was worked through the professional. By the time it got to the consumer, that had already been used in the professional market for quite some time. Um, and, and his support for the professional market is re the reason a lot of us are here today, going back to a bunch of people, because they put on, I mean, I always used to say this, I mean, Jason Rose would probably be a better person to tell a story. If you ran a territory, whoever was the distributor, the salesperson for McGuire's had to do classes in that distributor once a month. So whether that was interior detailing, polishing properly, and that was all free. There was no charge for that. And that was Barry's sort of, you know, plan of, and McGuire's as a whole, I'm not sure it was just Barry, this is how we're going to grow our business. So it was actually grown through the pro, which is what I wish had happened with a lot of other companies. I've said it on our podcast a million times that to mm -hmm. me, the, if you go through the pro market and then it goes to DIY because the pro market has vetted that product, I don't really have a, a big issue with that. I, I think that's the natural evolution of it. Um, but now just all the chemicals that are out there, look, if you look at Revive, uh, you're not going to hear, you're not going to smell anything artificial. It's not, you'll, you'll be able to tell right away. It's a clean product. It, 
foams up extremely well. If you want to get some scrubbing action on a dirty uh, door panel, dirty leather, whatever. But then you're going to spray a couple spritzes on your towel and you're going to put it on a screen and you're going to be like, yeah, this is this is what I've kind of been missing. Black black piano trim. And you know what? Actually, I always think about it. everybody here has been inside of a Range Rover. Range Rover is what it always comes down to. They got piano black trim on the door. Then they got plastic. Then they got some vinyl slash leather. Then they got a chrome piece. Then you go to the middle console. It's piano black trim, huge screens. Now it's buttons that are inlaid into the screen. It's like if you can make that look good. The way they've designed it right now with a single product, you're you're onto something, and that's what got me sold. Once we could use it on a Range Rover, not because of, I think Range Rover is some special car, but it's because of that design. There's like a thousand things right there that if you used an APC that was a little too strong, you'd get that streaking on the black piano trim. You'd be like, oh my god, why isn't this finishing out the way I want? Whatever. Then your screen gets foggy, and now you're just battling. Where this is, man, my guys, this is, I've said this a million times by now. This is the one product my guys are pissed off we don't have. And we didn't have it because Marty and I were finishing everything up. And I was like, hey, dude, nobody has it. Marty doesn't have it. I don't have it. We don't have it. So, I mean, literally, Marty knows this behind the scenes. This is the one product my guys are like, dude, you got to get it back in our hands. And, and I'm proud of that because... I don't believe in uh, thinking something that isn't true. And right now with the interiors, the way they are, man, I mean, you're going to go screens wall to wall. Then you're going to have it sitting on top of some vinyl. Then you're going to have piano black trim below that, like on the new Mercedes EQS. And you're just like, how many things do I need to have in there for my team member or myself to get the job done? That's just not going to work. And, we kind of took it from that angle of if I can use it on 10 different surfaces and it really does well on piano black trim, it does well at cleaning, it doesn't leave anything behind, it was a winner. But this was a ground up thing. <laughs> Marty will remember, like when I was trying to describe what we wanted, it was hard to describe to people. I, I couldn't get everybody to figure out like, no, I don't want this. So we were mixing our stuff at, at HQ. We were, you know, putting it. I mean, dude, we did everything. Hey, do, can we do this? Can we do that? I mean, we did everything on this product. So this being a ground up, it's a lot like Slick. For those that have used Slick, you can tell it's not like anything else. When you look at this product, you're going to think the exact same thing. It's just not like anything else. And that, that, that's what I'm proud of because this, Slick and this product were my first two like undertakings of like, hey, Marty, we got to have these. So I know it's taken some time, but that shows you what kind of that was. These were the first two products I brought up minute one. And we're what, how many months in now? So I'm not the quickest worker, I guess, is the moral of that story. Hey, we got her done, right? Yeah. Get her done. John, uh, what's everybody feeling like over there in uh, in your neck of the woods with interiors? Is interiors sort of becoming more of a hot button. I would imagine if I've seen more and more people start to post and make comments, they're seeing that interior work is growing in popularity. Is that the way it is there in uh, the Phoenix area? You know, I, I, I guess, you know, in, in certain, certain instances, I've noticed, you know, uh, several detailers popping up, but I also hear on the other side, on the backside of that, been bitching and complaining about, you know, that 
that they don't want to do interior work. Now me, I did interior not too long ago on a car and I'm like, man, I, interior work is not my favorite work, but I'm good at it. I'm damn good at it. I love how they always turn out. I love how they, they, the client goes, damn, this is, is nice. Um, I have a lot of clients that do call me, go, hey, I just want interior work. And there's a lot of detailers out there that if they can't have it all, they don't want to do it. And me, I'm going, to me, I, it's satisfactory. I, I love doing it. So I've seen a, there's 50, a lot 50, of, I think what you said is there's a lot of detailers there in your area that are doing the interior work, right? Like, yeah, they're doing it, but they're also turning away some of it. And I'm like, I'll do interior work all day long. <laughs> if that's okay, what so takes. there is some division there, you know, which, which we've talked about seeing in different areas. Uh, some people have even boasted that there's companies that will turn away interior work and send it to the guy across the street True, because they didn't want to deal with it. And that was their business model. Cool. That's their business model. Are you saying that there actually is quite a few people that do the interior work and is beneficial for their business moving forward through these times? There is. It's it's oversaturated. Right now where I'm at, this is the most oversaturated that I have seen it in the past couple of years, um, at least in my areas. Uh, but yeah, basically people are doing that interior work and, and, yeah, and got they're, you, right? they're pounding it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing it. Wow. Uh, how many do you think are skilled enough to know all the different stuff to use on a oh, shit. specialized <laughs> interior, as you just talked about all the different stuff that go into it. So you said oversaturated, you get all these guys, man, you're the specialist in your area. Talk to us about how tough it would be to pick through all the different products you could use or just go to one. If I were to put a number on it, it'd be 30%. I've actually educated understanding of what to use, what not to use. You can't just use, you know, cause I, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I see it where people are using heavy degreasers on plastics right. that I'm like, wow, that crazy. You're, you're, you're killing me. Oh no, crazy. we just, we, we just cleaned it out real fast. And then what? So John, John and I are dealing with something, and I know John knows this. I don't want to interrupt him. He can continue to go. But but here's the thing that I think John deals with in Arizona that I deal with here in Vegas. Those 110 degree days, and you have a four to one. You have a four to one APC. A guy sprays it on the panel, not doing the wrong thing. You know, not trying to do the wrong thing. Doesn't get off. Doesn't get it off before it starts to dry. He's going to go over and he's going to go, man, I really didn't technically do anything wrong. It was so hot that using an APC in that mode, I look, I had to cut my guys off. of Like once it hits a certain temperature, one of the things with plastics on doors, somebody could actually do everything right in our type of heat and still get, I mean, I don't mean this as a pun, but burn the, the panel get burned and they'll get burned as a detailer and nobody did anything wrong. I think that's one of the things about Revive. It doesn't have that type of cleaning. It's not that type of base inside of it that makes it that dangerous. And APCs are not, I want to say this, we sell APC. It's not a dangerous product. There's dangerous moments for that product. And when summer hits for mobile guys, APC, even diluted properly, can become real dangerous and burn a lot of stuff on the interior. Yep. Especially if that interior is dark and it's been sitting outside. 
We're, we're so concerned about the exterior of the vehicle, getting it cooled 100%. I'd go ahead, Nick. I get it. If this, if this is below you, but there's no doubt that back in the day that sometimes I sprayed an APC general purpose cleaner on an interior and I got those run lines. Oh, dude. God damn. <laughs> I had to put plenty of milk on there and just kept dude. working that milk in, just kept working yep. that milk in. And just so kept working I mean, that milk in. Until... Look, I know there's, I know there's a lot of perfect detailers in the world. Uh, I'm not one of them. And yeah, I, when you didn't know any better. Yeah. Like I said, it is what it is. You, you were so concerned about the outside. You got to the inside, and I mean, it was, it was a black interior, and I didn't really think much about it. Just started spraying and going to town. I went, oh, oh, dude. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Derek, what's been some of the crazy things interior wise that you've seen? Uh, kind of like what Nick was talking about with the um, Range Rovers. Um, I had a guy who we coated his, uh, he got a new Velar and we coated it when it first came out. And then I got a phone call. Not, not, it was like months later. So I definitely wasn't me because I didn't touch the interior. But um, his wife had one of those uh, these like metal water bottles. And when she took it out of the cup holder, she dragged it across the piano black because right, the Velar is that whole center part of the screen and that all that's piano black. And he sent me a picture. He goes, oh, we're about to turn it to the least drain that you can do. And I'm looking at the, the scratch going like, can you stick your finger? And the guy ran his finger over it in the video. And it was just like, I was like, hey, man, I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. But uh, luckily, I didn't have to clean those. Um, I was also one. Um, I'm not sure if Tesla does it anymore, Nick, but the, uh, the Model X is. <laughs> Um, the back have their old piano black from the top of the seat to the bottom. And the, I did a white okay. one and nope. the guy was like, Oh, by the way, I've got, uh, I've got six dogs, I got six dogs. So I show up and all the backs of the seats, they were white. It was that white leather, that vegan. Oh, leather so it was so horrible. It was all down the back. And he had a, he had a, he had a, uh, a gold retriever named, um, Hamilton. It was a very, my wife came with me that detail and she loved him. But I was looking at this piano black, and like you, like you guys were saying, I was, this is a couple of years ago. I was using APC, and I had a chance to use some um, like a like a spray detailer to kind of get the those marks out just to finish it out real nice. Because every time I spray APC, you get those lines. It was the summer, it was hot, and but it was one of those details. When I finished, the guy just goes, "Cool." He gave me, I gave him the keys back. He hands me the money, tells me have a nice day. Then he look at the car. I'm just like, "Bro, you didn't see all the nice piano black?" On the I car? know, like, dude. But, hey, those but, those were those were brutal seats. Brutal. We were just, uh, we were, we just did a Tesla today. And let me tell you something, man, you know what those quote unquote vinyl vegan leather seats just get <laughs> hammered with, they what? bring on and accept more blue jean dye than any leather seat on the planet. So quickly. I'm like, what the hell is on this? He's not lying. What did you guys coat this with? He ain't lying, bro. It's I mean, dude, it's, it's crazy. Like we had to deal with it this morning at 7 a.m. My guy goes, hey, dude, we got a problem on this brand new plat. He's like, we got a huge problem. I'm like, what huge problem? Drive up there. I was talking to Marty. I get out of the car. He's, I look at the seat, dude. She wore jean on jean. So the armrest had jean and nope. the seat had jean. Canadian tuxedoed my, my 7 a.m. this morning. Luckily, he's one of my buddies. I looked at him. I go, dude, what the hell is going on in this car? He goes, I don't know what she wore. He How goes and walks his it? dog. So 
luckily, because we see this guy so often, we just took HyperClean APC, made it a little bit stronger. It came off, but we had to work it. So here's what I ended up doing. We sprayed a shit ton of slick all over those two surfaces to see if we can't help something yeah. from happening here. But either A, they have no coating on them, which be this would be my guess with Tesla's uh, history. There's actually no coating. That's raw vinyl in there. And now you're dealing with anything and everything is going to show up on those white seats. I, that's what I'm, my guess. That'd be that's, my guess. I, I just got done dealing with that. And uh, after literally finally getting these damn near black and blue and green and yellow color vegan seats back to white finally coated them and called it good because i mean it was just what do you what do you use to get what did you do I, go heavy apc no well I, I, I using a uh a, a, a client uh, showed me a trick that he used where he did a 50 50 blend of uh, bleach white uh that you use for white walls and uh put it on there do 50 50 water water and put it on there let us sit for a second agitate it clean and do an apc afterwards huh. and then once it's done it's it's good it's but it's it's then it's vulnerable so then after we're done with that we just coated it and, and absorbed it good to go this is gonna you know this is gonna be the interesting thing for all these people that, that supposedly did the chemistry on leather coating you know vinyl and leather i know a lot of people think it reacts the same it doesn't so if you supposedly had a leather coating from a company you know it had to be breathable if you did it right correct well if you do it if you do it breathable on vinyl the stuff's going to seep into the vinyl because it's a different type of product so i'm going to be interested to see and marty and i've been talking behind the scenes you know as all of these manufacturers transfer to vinyl because leather's going away i mean you're going to have bentley and pagani and some guys hold out but you're not going to have that many manufacturers hold out and uh you know, I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing is you're going to be able to coat these these vinyl seats, but the coating is going to have to be a little different than what it is today. So the coating that that we used on this one, we had used almost five months ago on a uh, Lincoln Navigator, all white interior. And we did the whole interior, even headliner, everything. And I was like, OK, and then suddenly she just does this big reading review saying, I just got done cleaning. Uh, Cheeto stains all over the interior of my white vehicle. I am amazed on how easy it was clean. She just used water and, and a washcloth, and I'm like, "Holy shit, grandma! I thank God this thing worked because I couldn't imagine this white interior, complete <laughs> white interior, covered in Cheeto uh, prints." So, um, and that, and by the way, Navigator is real big on the white right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. everything they're selling has <laughs> that white interior. Oh my God, yeah. So that's what I coated it with, exact same thing. So. We'll see how it goes with uh, from the navigator all the way to the uh, Tesla. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Dustin, what do uh, interiors look like up in West Virginia? Are people excited about uh, detailers that you've been out talking to and getting to know? Are they are they interior people or mostly uh, exterior only? What's the industry look like up in your woods? Uh, most everybody around here. Uh, they're interior guys. There aren't really, there's, there's people that advertise coatings and stuff like that. I think every detailer is advertising coatings, even if it's turtle wax, ceramic spray coating off the Walmart shelf. 
Um, unfortunately, but there's a few of us that kind of specialize in ceramic coatings. My area, it's myself, and there's a tent shop that does ceramic pro um, here. And then, you know, about 35, 40 minutes down the road towards Morgantown, there's a couple people that do. Uh, a lot of ceramic coatings, but the majority is a lot of interior details. I would like to get away from them, but to be honest with you, I don't think that our market could sustain that. Um, so I'm just kind of stepping back this year and taking a different approach to my business. I, I really want to push more maintenance clients. So that's the goal this year. Um, just looking at some different things, how we can grow and all that good stuff. But uh Interior details, man. I, I don't know. We, we've seen them from trash to average. So this week, th these last couple of weeks been kicking my ass, dude. All right. So interiors, what's your biggest fear? Oh man. I had a lady call me yesterday. She was a referral. She said her son dropped a, uh, an egg sack, a spider's egg sack. Um, I don't know if it was Wait. like a school pro. Yeah yeah burn that shit burn it oh, so, yeah. and this is no, where I'm it not gets, getting that. this is where it gets real interesting so she calls me freaking out it's a newer uh volkswagen atlas so a pretty nice vehicle yeah and calls me freaking out and i'm like look i'm booked you know two weeks out on details um if you i tell you what if you can get it here asap that way I can assess the situation, you know, this, that, and the other. And I was like, you know, at least we can get it cleaned up before anything hatches. And she goes, oh, well, it's kind of too late for that. And I explained to her, hey, this is like an out-of-the-box type job. Because she's like, well, how much is it going to cost me? So I gave her our starting price for an interior on that vehicle. I said, but this is an out-of-the-box type job. We might be diving into something totally different. I might have to call Orkin to do some sort of extermination on the inside. I said, your best bet's to get it here so I can look at it and see where we got to go with this. Never got the phone call. <laughs> Never got the phone call back. She's like, uh, I'll, I'll let you know if I can drop it off. Never seen the vehicle. So yeah. I'm kind of glad I dodged that bullet. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that really was something I wanted to mess with, but hey, I, I'm not gonna turn it down when I have the when I have the tools to uh to handle that situation. But if if customers aren't willing to pay, then I, I'm not touching your damn vehicle. Yeah, I I listen, I'm with you. We've had some horror stories too, especially at the car wash. People would come in with nah, the hoarders, those are the I mean, those guys are crazy. Oh. I actually though like the people who have the dirty interiors, I actually enjoyed cleaning them more than the people that would come through, whether it's a maintenance customer, whether it's a you've a seen month, the results a monthly person or yeah. somebody that goes, All right, it's filthy. I need a full interior. And I go, It's barely dusty. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Go, <laughs> which is shit. worse. Which is like, worse. I agree. Because then I go, yeah. if they think this is dirty. Oh gosh, how <laughs> intricate do I need to get because they consider this dirty? I always enjoyed the ones that were actually dirty because then <laughs> then I knew I could clean it and and make it clean again. So just that's the with with the people as you say you're going into maintenance, you know, when you think of maintenance, what what do you consider 
nervousness in maintenance and cleaning interiors, right? Because besides the the nasty ones, right? But you're about to get into maintenance, so it shouldn't be nasty. So then what are you really hoping for as you get into maintenance and interiors? How can you maximize it, make it quick, efficient? And in order to do that, you got to analyze what makes you nervous so you can prepare around it. What makes you nervous on an interior? Is it leather seats? Is it the different types of material? Is it the screens? What makes you nervous? Uh, I, I don't really get nervous anymore, man. Oh, damn it, Dustin. <laughs> that was know. a great question. Dude, Come I on, have, man. listen, listen I, I've been in this long enough. I've fucked up stuff. I've had to pay to fix shit. There's nothing that makes me nervous anymore. Um, dude, get them in. The way I see it with maintenance, if I can knock them out in an hour, hour and a half, and have it at a price point where it's good for me, it's good for the customer. Cause I would love to set up, you know, like some of you guys have every two weeks, some of you guys do every week. Um, our market won't support that. Um, we don't have super high income people around here. Now there are some, but it's few and far between. So maintenance wise, you know, I'm lucky if I can get them once a month, worst case, once every other month. So, you know, if I throw out a maintenance price, it's probably higher than, you know, what you could throw out down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Why? Let me just, let's toss that back and forth because I I understand. I trust me. I get it. Uh, We also have felt that here in Tulsa, right? Which was a big reason why I went maintenance was because I didn't feel people would pay for all the other stuff. You're saying that you don't feel people would pay for maintenance. So that's why I was saying, like, let's let's chop that up, because there's a lot of people that listen. They're going to be in small towns like you uh, or they're going to be, you know, questioning, moving away from where they've been into maintenance. When you say people won't pay for maintenance, let's let's take a moment there to look at that. What what are you charging for maintenance and why do you think they won't pay for it? Um, so say, let's put it into perspective here. Um, I have one customer that brings me his, uh, Nissan frontier every two weeks. He pays 60 bucks each time they come to come in every two weeks. That's fine because I, I, myself, I can knock it out in no time. Shoot. This customer is so good. No time. What's no time. An hour, two hours, less than that. Okay. Maybe 35, 40 minutes. Worst case. Okay. Um, and what all do you do? Yeah. So we wash the vehicle, um, you know, exterior wheels, tires, you know, glass, you name it, go to the inside, vacuum it out, wipe it down. Um, and, and it's never that dirty, right? Uh, the windows are the dirtiest part from his dogs. Uh, other than that, easy peasy. Um, yeah. so, so I would like more of those, but 60 bucks to the average person every two weeks isn't really uh you know it's not always a thing like they can't like some people can't afford that they drive eighty thousand dollar vehicles and live paycheck to paycheck but then i've got other customers who are fine all right no hold on hold on let's let's pause that all right uh why do you think that they can't afford it because they tell me that (laughs) all right all right so i'm gonna gonna top this over to nick all right, so let's go into some sales 101. Nick, if somebody says they can't afford something, what should we do if we're trying to sell them on something? Hang up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
It's a good question because I just had this. Um, somebody was bringing in, I was telling you about this, Marty, and I'll tell you guys this. I, I had somebody that told me that what I was charging was too much. And they had in a really expensive car, a car that's one of one in Vegas uh, at the moment. And a lot of times the sales tool that I use is I'll just say, you know, the price is the price. I understand that you think it's a lot. Can you tell me why you think it's a lot? This guy just sat on the other end of the phone. Here's where everybody messes up, in my opinion. And I messed up a lot early in my career. You feel like you need to say something. But I use that silence as the golden part of my sales. I know what the price is. I know what it costs to do the job. I'm quoting the person. Could be maintenance, could be film, could be paint correction, could be ceramic coating. I want to make sure that they explain to me why it's too much, why they feel it's too much. But you also got to be ready for every now and then someone's going to hang up on you <laughs> because they don't, think they, yeah. they, they don't actually think you should ask and you're not doing so in a disrespectful manner. Secondly, you got to be really okay with silence and don't jump in because there's silence there. And then as they give you the answer, make sure you're listening to what they're saying. So this gentleman in my case said, well, I've had film put on my car. You know, that seems more expensive than PPF. I said, yeah, do you know the installation process? The answer is no. He was an expert on PPF. That's another part of the story. When we saw the PPF job he did himself, it was horrific. So he wasn't an expert. And I knew by talking to him, he wasn't an expert. And I'm not trying to be the expert that says, hey, you're an idiot, right? That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get to the crux of, you think this is a lot of money. So I then, he says, well, you know, film, you know, if I did a front bumper, it wouldn't cost that, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but we're the only people that can install this in Las Vegas. Do you think there's a reason? Since you know film, why do you think they don't have every tinter, every PPF shop installing this? Again, a lot of silence, man. He was an awkward guy. I just was okay with it. Now I've yeah. got him. I've got him in my web, so to speak, because now he's got to tell me why it's too expensive. And then with every time it goes by, you know what he's finding out? He didn't know about the product. He didn't know what he was talking about. And I'm not saying those words to him, but the silence and the questions, what I find the biggest mistake is when somebody tells me they can't afford it, I go into 20 question mode. You care about your car? How old's your car? What are you doing with your car? Do you have kids? Yeah, you have kids. You know it carries the most bacteria. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm 20 questions. With all the purpose of that at some point they're going to give me the answer that allows me to say, it's really not that expensive, is it? And they're going to go, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and book an appointment. It's perspective. That's, it is. And, and I think that, I yeah, I, I love that. I, Dustin, I, when somebody says something's too expensive, the, the thing for sales is we got to create the value right. in order to create the value. We got to figure out what their problem is. What's their, what's their hang up? What really is bothering them? And to get to that point, you got to ask some questions. One question might be like Nick just mentioned, Hey, well, why'd you buy your vehicle? What is it that you like about it? And then you go into, wasn't that way you want to keep driving your vehicle? Don't you want to keep driving it that way? Well, that's what we're here to do. And 
I mean, isn't that the best thing for you? And you just keep asking, you, you keep getting them to the yes, keep getting into the yes, keep getting into the yes. The more you ask them on the yeses, why'd you buy it? Oh, okay. So this is what you like about it? Yes. This is what you like about it? Yes. Don't you want to keep maintaining that? Yes. That's, that's one way to get there. So I no doubt that, you know, and that's why I wanted to jump on this rabbit. More and more people are going to need to learn how to, like Derek, we said, upsell or sell. So we want to keep dropping in little nuggets of moments of where we can help educate on how somebody could sell. So I'm glad you brought that up, brother. I, I appreciate you that. But you're in a small town, so you can sell yourself because you're the quality, man. You you got this. You're the quality. That's that's how so I John, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, John, I'm glad you brought that up also because the the thing though is in times, right? We're curious about quote unquote times like this, right? Where people are all getting cut back. I mean, you could go to 350 bucks to the grocery store and you don't even know what you bought. It, it, it just goes like that. You know, yeah. it, it, we, we know that anytime you look on social, everybody's complaining about something. So that means that the average consumer is also having those issues. The quality. You're right. Absolutely right. People will pay for quality. Sometimes though, when they get into these moments, they got to start cutting themselves back from some things they might enjoy, right? Our job is to get them to not cut back from why did they buy the vehicle? What you're, you're moving from here to there. Don't you want to be in the, like Nick said, if you got kids, the cleanliness possible for the kids, you know, Hey, I could run through the car wash. I get it. You know, it's, it's great to go through the car wash and keep things clean. You said that you liked the shine off of your vehicle. You said that you liked the gloss. Do you understand that when you run through that, your gloss is going to continue to dwell down? Coming through me, I'm going to keep that gloss maintained. You're always going to walk out and see a clean, shiny vehicle because that's what you like. So it, it's these are the times that are going to be fun for people, and we're here to play chess matches. And we're here to continue to help and support and love and, and, and grow together. Uh, it's exciting times for us here in the community. No doubt. We, we love it. All right, Nick cooking with Nick. What did you, uh, what'd you come up with, man? Any last look at, uh, your food? I made four tacos. I've yoinked three of them down my throat in the last five minutes. I got one left. <laughs> A treat yoinked. for you. You can see it. I like that word. Good job, sir. Yeah, there's plenty of avocado on there. What's the other stuff on top? That is a pineapple cream sauce I made. Ooh. Oh, in the pan, I put the salmon. Ooh. Add white wine to deglaze, add a little butter, add a little garlic, um, add a little heavy cream and pineapple bits and let that simmer down. Add a little black and red pepper. Let that simmer down for like 10 minutes. Add a little dab of cornstarch to thicken it up. Let that simmer down even more. Sauce. Oh, thanks. Done and done. All right. Before we uh we go to the tab out question, Dustin, I'm gonna come back to you and let you uh kind of explain as your positive mindset of where you're looking to take advantage of today's market, right? Like you mentioned how you've seen the way people are, interiors and where you're at, and you got a new shop, you got products, you've got all different ways that you can go, quote unquote, attack, 
the market. So you analyze, you look around the small town and where you're at, and you're excited about having your shop. You're excited about your products. You're excited about what you're doing. So, man, what what are you mostly looking forward to? Oh, man, everything, really. Uh, just just look from, looking forward to dialing in uh, everything that I've got going on. Um, hoping to hire one more guy. Um, we've got one guy in training. We'll see if this is going to work out. Um, hoping it does. So that'll free up some of my time. And uh, to take a step back, look at our packages, see what we can do to uh, uh, get more people in the door, move more volume. Cause it's, you know, being a one man show for the longest time, I really can't do volume. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so doing that kind of thing and uh, we're, we're getting involved with some, with some, uh, some of the car community going to offer them a certain, a certain price really? uh, discounts and stuff like that to get them in the door um and just do some sponsorship type stuff advance all that good stuff and really this maintenance thing i uh, i believe that's where we have to go um because people are dialing back they're not going to pay these high ticket prices if we go into into a recession so uh just picking up all the crumbs that i can from you guys and and uh putting those into play looking at my packages and uh adding as much value as possible if somebody gets a ceramic coating we throw in a glass coating that type of thing um and people people like that i definitely feel like and you know moving product man i, I want to move product this year and we're, the weather has finally broken i think we might get snow next week we'll see <laughs> so oh. I, I really i really need the weather to straighten up so i can get so we can have some car shows and stuff and uh get out there and hang out and meet some people there's no doubt arnold i know we talked we're excited about the weather breaking up where you're at no doubt oh marty i got one for you a guy called me today he moved here from tulsa oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> And like what the hell small world i'm ready to send him back to you if you want him back maybe what's his name maybe i know him oh god i don't even i don't even remember I text it to me later that'd be uh, crazy I, I will so so i had to uh this guy calls me tells me man these guys at the tire and wheel shop told me i had to call you you were the go-to guy man he's like i'm a godly man myself and you were the guy that I needed to speak with to, to sounds like a Tulsa dude and and goes on and on and on so finally we get to talking about his vehicle and our prices and oh my goodness I couldn't even afford to walk into your door and dude so we went down that rabbit hole 30 minute conversation and I gained nothing and it gets even better he goes out in Tulsa, man, I would pay a hundred dollars for a full detail. I'm like, God, I'm like, well, I can't do that. And I, we had a nice conversation and I explained, you know, where we can bring some value. And once we have his vehicle in here, then we can get him onto a maintenance program and he can get back down to those prices. Well, he ended up calling me. He, he accidentally called me later on that afternoon and I told him, yeah, man, stop by sometime. Check us out. Check out the store. I'd love to meet you in person, even if you don't do business with us. And uh, he calls me later that afternoon. And I told him, hey, uh, just got your phone call, whatever. Oh, yeah, well, so-and-so down the road uh, told me they could do a wash, wax, and, uh, and vacuum out the inside for 40 bucks. 
can you tell me how to get to his shop or give me his phone number? Oh, no. <laughs> so I gave him the guy's phone number, and I, and I told him, I said, look, man, I can't compete with those prices. I, I said, there's a, you know, sure, there, there's a market for that, I guess, but he's got, you know, 10 employees. I got myself and one other guy, so... <laughs> Yeah, so that's where that that I wasted thirty minutes of my day for absolutely nothing. It was a great time. Uh, you know, Nick feels that when he talks to people from Tulsa on a regular basis. So he, you know, he he emphasizes with you, no doubt. I feel your pain, Dustin. I feel your pain. It's a, it's a strange bunch over there in Tulsa, dude. No yeah, kidding. Now, don't tell my brother-in-law that because he lives in Oklahoma City and he's a transplant from Massachusetts. <laughs> Well, the good thing is he went to OKC where the Thunder at, and he can stay out of our Tulsa bubble. We're oh, so I'm going to take it. None at. of us are Tom Brady fans then? Say that again? None of us are Tom Brady fans then? Oh, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, man. Uh, Tom Brady was – uh, You know what? I'm disappointed. No, no. Very... Tom Brady, for me, the, the first uh, fantasy – championship I won happened to be because I had Bledsoe as my quarterback. Bledsoe <laughs> went down. We picked up Brady and, you know, the rest is history. He won. I won. I became a Brady fan for the rest of my uh, rest of my life. I'm a victim. Marty, you're disappointing me now. I'm from Absolutely New England and not. I can't stand the guy. <laughs> Absolutely I think they should have put a tutu on the guy. You guys have the best grab and the best day. quarterbacks. No, he's not. Listen, you can't compare a guy that played 22 <laughs> years to a guy like Terry Bradshaw. Back then, they got kicked. They got punched. They didn't dance around in a tutu like Tom Brady. That's true. And that's, yeah. that's what will be, be interesting to see. Is he going to be, this is the question that I have, is should he have bowed out in the right time? Or is he going to be a Brett Favre? Right? Is he going to come back and have a collapse of a career and you kind of gone like, God damn it, dude, you should have just stayed out or could he risk an injury? I mean, Peyton Manning risked a very massive injury to come back and yeah. what he was trying to do. I, yeah, you know, it's, it's beyond respect for his age of what he's doing as a human being. There's no doubt. And uh, I, I wish him nothing but a championship and health. Like, I, I just hope he doesn't get no, hurt, look, man. That's, Green that's Bay needs to win my championship. No, 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 Tom Brady. <laughs> Green Bay just paid a pretty penny to to keep their guy, didn't they? Which I still think is a foolish move. I'm sorry. No, nobody deserves that kind of money to play a, a freaking football game. I'm sorry. Yeah, not at his age, definitely. You can give me 500 grand. I'll go sit out there and let you hit me for a few hours, and hopefully I don't get hurt. <laughs> Hopefully. I agree. All right, Derek, what's that tab out question of the night? Uh, I know we're excited and ready. All right, guys. So I'm not sure if anyone saw the video, but I uh, posted uh, in the Hyper Queen Specialist Facebook group. Uh, yeah, it's a little intro to kind of get catch everyone's attention and the actual question comes up later. Um, but uh, let's see. So tonight's tab out question is, what is one phrase or word that if you had the power, you would remove from your customers' minds and you can't use, it's not that bad. Because everyone else said that so far. 
a lot of people have said it already, so not anything but that. I got that. I got you. Okay. I don't fully follow you, so give me just a second. Anything from my customer's mind that I can take out that isn't it's not that bad? What uh like what word or phrase would you remove from your customers' minds if you had the power that like you ne they never say All right, Nick said it. Nick said he's yeah. ready. He's ready to go. Hands are up. up. All right, Mr. I, 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 got one too. I got one too. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I used to detail. Yeah. yeah, come on. That's the that's the no-brainer winner. Period. I used to detail. I used I, to I, that's my vote. <laughs> that's good. All right. So for me, I'm gonna throw out uh, uh and uh, it's funny, I've joked about the guy on this on these episodes and, and in my, uh, you can go look him up in in my recent post. He he commented. His name's Brian Forbes, and I said, "Hey Brian, we just mentioned you. You were the Zeno guy." So for me, my number one thing is, <laughs> "Hey, can you just use this product?" Nah, man. I, I mean, I I got my shit. Like I I do me. Yeah. This guy just didn't stop over and over, and I finally just came and was like, "You know what, motherfucker? Fuck it." Like. I'll use your stuff. No problem, man. Whatever. Like you want to pay me to use your products. No problem. No problem. And it was Zeno. And I, I joked with the guy and Hey man, <laughs> he still remembers. He's like Zeno, right. You know, like, all right, brother. So that, I think that was for me. All right, let's go around. Wesley, what about you? When you're out detailing, what's the one thing that you could remove from a customer's mind? Uh, well, Nick stole the, I used to detail, um, maybe with coatings like so I can just hose it off ah, nice. or, or just the, 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 the expectations of a coating that they could just you know neglect it or that they don't have to do anything and if it gets dirty they can just hose it off and let it air dry I, I having, to, having I just... to explain what you yeah that's that's a perfect one. I was actually on the phone today with a detailer that he had coated the customer's car in dough. And the customer then just leaves it outside all winter. It, it had performed its it, second year. and the first year, it performed great. And uh, it set at a track where they come and spray it down on a regular basis for stuff. I guess he always – he takes this truck out to a racetrack, and it gets sprayed yeah. with stuff. And the first year, he could just hose it off. Everything was – like – and and now and then it's set out over winter outside all winter never touched goes and gets to the racetrack and gets sprayed with a bunch of stuff and then goes oh, i could just rinse it off wait what like right so i'm right there with you wes yeah that, that is like I, a... I fully understand like having to explain maintenance um but when somebody is looking at paying a grand or so to buy something and they don't even really know what they're buying you know that they they think they don't have to wash it or whatever like say so you don't have to wash it again right or you could just hose it off i don't know it's just like when i buy something that's expensive well, i do a little bit of research so anyway that's a great one that's good true. job yeah. all right ben what about you brother i was gonna say it's not that bad but uh i can't uh, next in line would probably be, uh, can you buff this out? And the panel itself is actually damaged. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I haven't heard that, one, but I on the fleet work. Yeah, eventually they run into stuff or bump into things, and then they see you and go, "Hey, man, can you just pop that out for me?" Well, all right, Arnold. What about you, brother? I think the worst thing I hate is people that call and they're like, "I'm going to bring my car right now. Can I do it now?" Tells you on our website, we do by appointment only. Tells you on Instagram, Facebook, appointment only. And we get the people. But nice. I'm coming now. Well, then you can come, but you ain't getting done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I'm one of those people. I'm an asshole. I don't deny it. I tell people, listen, if you get offended easily, don't come in my door because I say shit and people ain't going to like me. <laughs> I mean, look, I want to move to Florida, but they got a law now. I can't offend people. Guess what? I'm going to be getting arrested every goddamn day that <laughs> oh, God. I have no problem telling people, listen, they can't even say the word gay anymore in Florida. What? What if I want to be happy? I can't be gay. <laughs> I mean, uh, is there a song about being merry and gay? I mean, what? We can't now. Is that band too? <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed the terrorists haven't even attacked us in a while you know why because they're watching the six o'clock news laughing at us <laughs> they're like look at the idiots we don't have to do anything anymore it's embarrassing dude, I, arnold man you got i listen dude come back to the pub on a regular basis brother i, I love it man i think that's yeah, great that was good all right john what about you brother uh, I get two uh, on a regular basis. One, but it's a new car and it's a 2019 or 2018. And they're like, it's a new car, but you went through 500 car washes. So nice try. Or I need a cheap buff and polish. Get that on a regular basis. <laughs> Those two things I would love to remove from people's mind because they have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah. Like the, uh, hey, it'll just buff out, right? Yep. <laughs> exactly. Just or like that. Hey, can you just buff it? Yeah. All right. Nick Grooms at the uh, dealership, man. What do you hear or the customers that you service on the side? Uh, what's the one thing that you wish you could remove from cars coming into the dealership? I see this all the time. Is that with inspect? Is this with inspect? Hey, is that with inspect, dude? All day. That one question. What do you mean like panel gaps or something? You name it. You name it. Any like it could be a panel gap. It could be uh, a mill-sized chip on the bottom of a rocker panel. It could be a oh man, a ripple in a seat. Like that's just normal. You name it. It, it. it could be literally anything. You got to start carrying uh, calipers in your pocket and you can whip it out and be like, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Hey, did you guys just see that freaking bunny I just had in my hand? What? No. <laughs> go, go. Okay. Y'all were talking like a minute ago, right? I just started the tab out question. And this little shit brought in a fucking bunny. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my like an actual bunny like, <laughs> like, a, like a baby rabbit funny and i was like chilling with it for a minute that was pretty sick <laughs> it was alive <laughs> not anymore 
killing dog. No, it's dude. Like, dead because it's my cat's mouth, but like. Fuck yeah, <laughs> your cat was out hunting, man. That's badass. Yeah. All right, Dustin, what about you, man? What's your answer to the tab out question? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough one. How much do you charge for a buffing detail? That one gets me. That one gets me. I'm, and then, like, I can't, and most of them come in on, like, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, look, can you stop by so we can check out, you know, the imperfections in your paint? And that way we can give you an accurate quote. And then you never, you never hear from them again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's it for me. Them customers, man. Nah, you can have them. Because <laughs> they never show up. All right, and uh, oh, hey, I see Joe Cleans here. Joe, how long you been in? Are you still here, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. I'm just, I'm oh, so there he is. Look at him laying in bed, <laughs> hanging out. Ow. Ow. How do you guys listen? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dudes in Joe's bed. How do y'all feel about that? <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> Joe's <laughs> got a shirt off, laying in bed. No. How do y'all feel about that? I'm off a of video. I'm not messing with you, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. So my my two. I'm Thanks, gonna. Me, hey, you can't say it in Florida, but don't be gay. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right, man. What What's the one thing you could erase out of your customers' mind got, before hop? Besides, hop in bed with Joe. <laughs> I got two, man. My first one is it looks better than the day before I got. Like the day I got it, as if the dealer has a detailer. Like that doesn't do anything for me. I can't stand hearing that. Like better than the day before. Like the day I got it. So, and my next one is they're six blocks away and saying, how much you charge while I'm working? I cannot stand that. How much do you charge? Like, it's just a drive-through car wash. I'm a detailer for God's sakes, you know? So those are my two things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That is a good one. That is a good one. I, no doubt that nonstop, it's a, hi, this is, you know, da, da, da. Oh, okay. Well, what do you charge for a full detail? Yeah, like what is a full uh, detail what? to you? Yeah, to everybody that's a different thing. <laughs> that was that was gonna be mine, huh? That that was gonna be mine. It's like when people I like they're saying I get messages going like, well, how much how much for a detail? And you you give them a side. They go, oh, I I just want a detail, and I'm like, I hate that term. I'm all I'm all in. I know for me, I give them the low and I give them all in my high. Like how much is it? I give them my top price. I get them like you're looking at 120 bucks or, or 1200 bucks, and the customer's like, Oh, well, I just want these. I'm like, Oh, you didn't say that, so I'm just giving you the range. Like, I would have a customer, dude. I will give a customer my card. It says scheduling and it has one number, it says sell and has another number. I will give them the card. I say, Call the scheduling, and they'll be able to answer all your questions, stay on the phone as long as you want to. They will, like, Oh, that's great. How much is just for this car right here? I say, sir, call the schedule or ma'am, call the scheduling. And it's like I literally got to look them in their eyes. Like you want me to stop foaming a car to come look at you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they just want to keep driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, my two, man. That's good. Those are good, Joe. I appreciate it. That's good, Joe. Matt. 
I, sure. I never have said I've enjoyed hanging out with you in your bed, but brother, you know, <laughs> it's, it's been a real pleasure. Marty, bros this, in different area codes. man, me and this, eight other dudes this, in bed with you, man. It, it's nothing but a. <laughs> it's like hey. I told, like I told Derek, no homo. Hey. It's all right. Oh yeah, <laughs> we suddenly young something to say that. Yo, but you guys didn't know John slept on the bed with his hands like I'm not even kidding, like in this like. So we went to bed, and John, John looked at me. He goes, "All right, there, I'm gonna sit next like, to you." No, no, hold on. And John fell asleep in the bed like this. So I'm just hands <laughs> like. And I looked over at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I almost took a picture of John. I was like, "I was asleep <laughs> like that," like because he was, and then he woke up and he was in the same position. I was like, "Ow!" My Ow. wife still has like, pictures, of many, many pictures like that of me. I'm like, I don't know if I'm just thinking. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to see something that sucks. I come yeah. in the bed and look. I don't know if you can see that. What is I have candles. The heart. My, my wife is going to try to figure out why I didn't move all her decorations off the bed before I laid down. Like I've been here since like eight o'clock, just laying in this bed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not moving nothing, bro. I'm just laying next to it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here, bro. <laughs> But yeah, Marty, I've been doing this dog on free training, and it's kicking my ass, man. People calling me every five minutes asking questions, and I'm like, it's cool, but dog, it's draining. You're you getting good feedback, though. So yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, I'm getting great feedback, so it's good, and I'm helping a lot of guys. But I got to get used to it. Yeah. You know yeah, what man. I mean? So between yesterday and today, I've been drained. So, yeah. I know you're not whining and crying over your success, right? Enjoy, enjoy your time. No, in I'm bed, not, brother. <laughs> uh, you know, thanks for letting I'm us speaking be, in the locker room. Thanks for letting us be you know, a part of, of bedtime with uh, Joe Clean. You know, it, it is an yeah. honor. It really is bedtime an honor. Joe bedtime Clean, with man. Joe Clean. Where's Nick? Where's Nick? You get a story with Nick as well. Now he's turning sideways. I was whisper. I'm tired of holding this phone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, other than that, I'm, my tap out question is done. So stop yeah. being homo. <laughs> it is all good. We're just being fun, man. It's been a fun time. All right, yeah. guys, let's head out so Joe can go nine nine. You know, his eyes are getting. His eyes are getting. I can see him. Let's let Joe get to bed. Yeah, I love. I love you guys. You too, I don't know if you should say that while you're laying in bed, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> All right. Oh. Anybody else got a tab out question? So y'all can no, leave no, me alone. Well, no, no, I, th I think, that I, I think it's, it's uh, time to just go ahead and head out, man. Thank <laughs> guys, thanks so much. It was a fun time. You guys enjoy your night, man. Have a good yeah. night, everybody. Peace. Definitely. Arnold, we'll see you again next time. Ben, oh, it's a pleasure. I'll come on again next time. I'll come up with some more nonsensical ranted stuff for you. Oh, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. <laughs> so good. All right, guys. Don't worry. Have a good, good night. Have, I'll appreciate see you. Night, you. Guys. Hey, this is Marshall. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. There's no doubt as the constant economic 
environment changes for us. And as business owners, we always got to look at where do I think I see another vein of income? We are talking on a daily basis with people that are seeing a local market where they feel that they can sell hyper clean products. They believe in the products. They believe in what we're doing. They see how they can incorporate others in their area into the community. And they're excited about that. That's you. Reach out to us on Instagram at HyperClean Store. Choose the deck direct, 918-800-1188. This is Marshall. Make it a great day.